going on everyone thank you for tuning in to the truth be told hosea 406 podcast uh, we are truly grateful for you guys listening and keeping up with us um it's been a busy busy past couple of months um i'm sure it's been busy for you guys as well just dealing with the experience and everything uh, that's been going on with covid um hopefully you guys are not impacted too greatly uh negatively by it but we're still praying for you guys and, um, and we love you guys. And of course, again, thank you all for listening. Um, we have a good one um, for this episode. I'm going to kind of change the trajectory a little bit. Um, you know, we told you guys we, we not only want to just discuss um, theology and all types of stuff related to Christianity, religion, et cetera, but we also want to talk about things that are relatable. Um, with things that we are going through and things that you might be going through. So with that being said, um, you know, in this current climate, uh, we're, you know, experiencing COVID as a parent um, is probably crazy. I have a two-year-old, so it's probably not as hard as others, but um, I think well, we, 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 we definitely have a, um, a good one here. We have a guest here um, who has, uh, has three kids of his own and um, can probably share, well, not probably, can definitely share a little bit more about handling um, different situations as, as these. Um, so without further ado, we have the Reverend Pastor, Dr. Edwin Jones. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good, good. Glad to have you on. Um, Honored to be a part, man. Honored to be here. Definitely, definitely. You know, I was telling you, um, you know, I definitely uh, appreciate your wisdom. I, I see a lot of your posts and you have a lot of, uh, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of wisdom, man. So um, definitely want to share that with other people um, that are listening. Um, so um, about those eagles. <laughs> All right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not... This has been my response to anybody who brings up the team known as the Philadelphia Eagles that I have not <laughs> um, I'm a Lakers fan right now, so I am not going to emotionally invest myself into my Eagles and subject myself to the trauma that is happening right now in Philadelphia. I choose <laughs> joy. I choose to celebrate the fact that my Lakers, LeBron James is in the finals right now. So that's 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 where my energy is going right now. I'm I'm not even. I'm not even thinking about my Eagles, honestly, right now. <laughs> no, I feel you. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go down that path right now. So, um, um, yeah, it's not looking good right now. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and what's what's funny? I was hoping that Trevor was gonna get on. He's a he's a Washington. I was gonna say Redskins. He's a Washington oh, football God. team fan. Well, the Lord knew what so. he was doing. He was great <laughs> for me tonight. He was great for me tonight. What I will say. Is I do for, for football purposes. I will say this: I do feel like, being that there was no preseason, I'm kind of treating these first four games of the season as preseason. So, you know, True. 
True. Everybody got to get a rhythm. You see all these people getting hurt and everything like that. And so, um, so I, I, I said to myself, I will evaluate my team in week five. I will, I will give y'all four weeks before I start, <laughs> before I start, start demolishing my team. So uh, after a tie this week, y'all got one more week to get this win. I may get this win this week. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man. So, but nonetheless, hey, look, we we enjoying it. Definitely, definitely. Um, so to tonight, we're going to talk about uh, parenting during uh, unprecedented times. Um, I think this is probably one of the most hectic years that I've ever experienced in my lifetime. Um, yeah. And um, of course, the, the situation is a little different you know i'm married now i have a child now but um you know it's been weird (laughs) for to to say the least um but uh um really quickly so i for those of y'all who don't know edwin i met him um probably like 2000 might have been like 2012 Mm -hmm. i had i no it was either 11 or 12 but i i just just came into Christ and I was like, I, I got to get this life right, man. And I just been hearing about <laughs> focus ministries. I've been hearing about it, focus ministries. So I'm like, I'm gonna check them out. Um, and, and focus ministry trans changed my life, man. You, wow. uh, all of the leaders who were a part of it changed my life and were a huge wow. part of my spiritual growth. Um, so I just wanted to say that, man, I, I appreciate wow. you. Love you, brother. Yeah. Hey, Thank man, you, man. man, love you too, man. And it's so awesome to see what God is doing and, and you and, and, and you guys and family, man, it's just, it's just awesome to see. So, um, you, you bless me as much as, as the ministry has blessed you. So it, it does my heart joy to, just to see, you know, where you guys are, man, in this stage of life, man, y'all are thriving, you know, you're killing it, just trying to honor God. And so, um, man, I'm excited for y'all and, and honored to play even a small role in your journey, brother. So you made me better. <laughs> Definitely, definitely appreciate it. So, um, let's see. Let's let's start. Uh, so how 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 has it been like for 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 you and your wife? Or rather, let's let's start here. Um, um, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, you know where you're from, what you do, um, and then we can go straight into you know how how you've been impacted and what you've kind of been experiencing the year 2020 yeah 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 man um once again man i'm to be a part um and just contribute to, to the conversation um so yeah um my wife and i ariel we've been married for it'll be nine years this year um and about six years ago we felt god, god calling us to plant a church in our hometown of hampton which we really never saw in the picture at all. It was never a part of the plan. We never envisioned planning a church, starting a church, uh, more or less being in the city that, you know, there's so much um, history in as far as our family and just kind of our upbringing and everything like that. Um, but around 2014, 2013, 2014, God called us to plant a church um, in Hampton called the Bridge Church. And the um, whole vision of the church is just to, um, is to see people reconcile to God and one another across, um, you know, gender lines, age lines, generational lines, ethnic lines, it really just kind of be a picture of what you see in the scriptures in Revelation. Um, and so 
we wanted to create a church for all people, man, you know, for people who are far from God, people who are, you know, drifting, people who are strong, whatever the case may be, but just wanted, wanted to do what God called us to do um, and advance in the kingdom, man. So, um, so yeah, we planted the church about six years ago now. Uh, we got three kids, seven, five, and three, so about two years apart. Um, two boys, one girl, and um, man, we're enjoying the ride. We're enjoying the ride just to make it as, as succinct as possible. Uh, there's never a dumb moment in our lives. So, <laughs> yeah. Dope, dope. Um, so, you know, I I guess we can kind of kind of start with this angle. So, you know, you, you have three kids, seven, five, and three. Um, mm-hmm. um, two are in school, definitely, yep. for sure. Yep. Um, you know, what, what has it been like, uh, for, for you and, and your wife, Ariel, you know, schooling wise? Yeah, it's been a challenge, man, just to be honest with you. Um, just because, um, one, you know, obviously we're in this pandemic and everything has changed. Everything has shifted. Things look completely different than what they look like this time last year. Um, things look completely different than what they look like seven months ago. Right. And so. Um, so it has been a challenge. Um, God's been good through it all. He's provided. He's been gracious. But but I'd be lying to you like, to say, oh, it's been it's been easy. Like no, it's been a challenge. And uh, and even now, you know, with school just kind of being underway now for about a month and everything being virtual. Um, and our school system here in Hampton has I think done a really remarkable job in really making sure families are as equipped as possible. Nothing's going to be perfect, you know, because nobody's ever lived through a pandemic. Nobody's ever worked through a pandemic in this lifetime for the most part. Right, right. So um, so all this is, I think, really new, and and we're just trying to figure this thing out. And so it's been challenging at times, but um, but we've been able to, you know, find some rhythms that have been working. Uh, the kids, I think they've done really well considering all things, um, especially our oldest. Actually, both of our kids who are in school, uh, our, our middle child, Aubrey, she started school for the first year, for the first time in last year, last school year. Uh, our oldest, he's been in school uh, now for about four years. And so, so it was a little bit of a, you know, shift for them, you know, first day of school, you know, just the excitement right. that comes with that, just how that looks. Like, all right, first day right. of school, let's go ahead and sit up at the table, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it's like, man, like trying to make this season um, as, as purposeful as possible and and really kind of help them to see even in the midst of all of this um like god can still bring about something good and so um so i think it's man, it, it really is a day-by-day thing like my mantra has been uh when jesus says in matthew 6 give us this day our daily bread so it's literally like mm-hmm. we're gonna take one day at a time like we're not gonna try to get three months ahead we're not gonna you know, we're playing with strategize, but we're really going to just focus on, all right, Lord, what is it that get us through today? Like, that's right. it. Um, right. Like, you know, like today, the day that we're recording this, uh, I came in and, and my wife, she pretty much is at home during the day um, with, with the kids as far as, you know, taking care. She, she's working from home. And, and on top of that, she is, you know, making sure that the kids are, you know, getting work done during the day in their classes and all that type of stuff. And so she's really the real MVP in all this. She's holding it down wow. so that I can be able to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and so I came in today and I could just see it all over her. You know, <laughs> today was today was a day of days, you know. Um, but just really, man, just taking one day at a time. You know, I yeah. Think that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
What have your kids um, kind of said about, you know, everything that's going on wearing masks and, yeah. you know, starting school virtually? Yeah. You know, I think, I think oftentimes, you know, we think that kids will have a hard time adjusting to new things. But I think the reality is from, from what we've seen just with our own kids, um, kids do like structure. They, you mm. know, I, well, I know our kids do and working with, kids through the years prior to pattern, I think they kind of sometimes flock to structure, but at the same time, they're also very fluid. They mm. like new things. Um, and so there, I think oftentimes as adults, we're, it's more of a challenge for us to adjust than it is for kids to adjust, you know? Yeah. And so they've actually really, I think, man, they, they've welcomed it and they've rolled with it. You know, when everything kind of started, we explained everything to them, kind of what was going on and, you know, while we were wearing masks. And um, and so now, you know, even pertaining to that, it's kind of really been, it's become a way of life now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the same token, they also realize like, you know, um, that there's certain things that, that we can't do as a result of COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Right. While still longing for the day where we can do those things too. And so we have those conversations with them just to, just to be honest, you know, and tell them the truth. Uh, not in a kind of fearful way, or right. just to make them aware, because I think, you know, if we can walk with them through this journey as well, we can we can help them to see how God is at work and we can help yeah. them to see how in this season it can still be purposeful and stuff. And so we, we try to do our best to not shield them from the reality of everything, but to really kind of welcome them into it and, and, and parent them through that. So, yeah. Yeah. Though, um so have your kids, uh, you know, question, you know, why would God do something like this? Or, um, yeah. you know, have they, have they asked questions along those lines as it pertains to, to COVID? Um, not, not to that extent. Um, they, they've asked, you know, um, what is it? And, you know, why, why do we have to, um, why the school got to shut down, you know, when everything originally started. Um, so they've asked questions like that. Um, and, and one of the things that we also told them, you know, was like, hey, guys, you know, we, we live in a, a very, you know, broken world. Um, and sometimes bad things happen that we can't control, we can't do anything about. Um, but we still trust Jesus through it all, and he's with us. And so we really try to give them a a biblical worldview of everything that's happening as opposed like i said earlier you know trying to shield them from it um because i think when they can and i think kids are so much more intellectually astute than we give them credit for um especially the older they get you know like they're very they they're able to process things at a a high clip that i think sometimes we kind of just we kind of we kind of dumb it down a little too much for them when they I think they right. can kind of handle a little bit more, and so um and so we just kind of took the took the opportunity to just kind of help them see like you know hey we live in this world and stuff that stuff happens like we can't we can't do anything about that um we're gonna trust God through it um we're gonna believe Him for protection and healing we're gonna pray for those who have been affected by the coronavirus we're gonna pray for families who have uh, experienced you know, family members or friends dying because of the coronavirus. So we really have 
we haven't really kind of sugarcoated a whole lot. You know, we, we, we communicated to them and I think we try our best to communicate it to them in an age appropriate way um, mm-hmm. that does not evoke fear. Um, but at the same token, like we, we've done our best to try to, like I said, just kind of make them aware of everything that's going on and give them a biblical perspective of it as opposed to just a cultural or worldly right. perspective, which I think could then lead to fear. It could then lead to, why is God right. doing this? You know, right. and so, so on and so forth. And so I think when we kind of allow them to be able to see, allow them to see us processing things and walking through things um, and how we're going through this difficult moment, but our faith can be tested and stretched and, and strengthened during this moment. I think it does something for them as well. And so um, our kids have responded, I think, really well to it. And uh, and like I said, now, you know, it's kind of like, okay, all right, we can do this. All right, cool. What's, what's the next? What, what can we do? You know? And so, yeah. so that's kind of been the lens that we tried to parent them through during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So would you say um, it's, it's accurate um, to assume um, that you and Ariel are kind of you know, in how you raise and parent your kids, um, you know, a lot of that is just kind of pre-preparation for something like this to happen as, as far as faith goes. Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. I think this is a discipleship opportunity. And I think as parents, um, as a parent, my job, especially as a father, my job is to be the pastor and priest of my house. And so I want to make sure that I'm discipling my kids and growing my kids spiritually um, so that they have a a understanding um, and a a perspective that's shaped by scripture so that when moments like this can kind of happen, can happen, um, it doesn't throw them off kilter. It doesn't cause them to um, kind of, you know, wane a little bit. Um, in their faith as they get older, but to really, you know, just lay a foundation for them. So um, that's kind of been the lens, man, that we, we try to really model and, and walk from. Oh, dope. That's good. I think, uh, I think what what a lot of believers could possibly, or the, the issue that a lot of believers could run into that are parents is that um, maybe, maybe they, um, have dropped the ball as far as discipling before something like this could happen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so for those parents who, who could be feeling like, you know, spiritually, they, they weren't prepared. They weren't, they didn't, yeah. they, they dropped the ball. Yeah. What would you say to them? Well, I would say number one, um, there is grace. <laughs> I would say as a parent, um, none of us are going to ever, I think, get every moment right. I think 10 years from now, I'll be able to look back and say, oh, I, I, I wish I would have done this. This might have been better to do. I can look at that right now. And our oldest is seven, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, maybe I've done something a little bit different here. And so I think all of us, you know, as parents, I think there's always going to be these moments where, um, where we feel like we could have done more, we should have done more, maybe we should have did this, maybe we shouldn't have done that. So, uh, I think there's always going to be that moment. It's not a matter of if, it's just more so a matter of when, it's a matter of how, so on and so forth. And so I think, um, you know, I do believe that this season in many ways has revealed the depth of our own discipleship 
mm-hmm. in the depth in the depth of our own maturity. Um, I think COVID nineteen has been um, kind of a great exposure of a lot of things. It's revealed mm-hmm. a lot of things. God has used it, I think, to to open up our eyes to things that maybe we chose to ignore. Um, things that we were ignorant to, things that we were blind to, things of that nature. And so I think even in parenting, you can kind of you can kind of see that, you know. Um, yeah. I've shared with people even in our church, I'm like, hey, you know, um, what this season is really kind of revealed as we're not being able to have services in person as of yet. You know, normally in uh, Sunday services, we're having kids' experiences and the kids, you know, um, kids' groups and kids' classes and stuff like that each and every Sunday. But it kind of just this season really reveals where discipleship begins for children, and that begins at home. And so, mm. um, so even if you know you're a parent and you're watching this or you're listening to this, and you know, man, I dropped the ball. Like, hey, it's all right. Like, pick it up and let's, let's start. Let's start now. Start where we are. Mm. You know, begin to um, get some resources, ask some questions, get around some people that maybe are doing at a high level with your parenting, what you envision yourself doing, get around those people, ask some questions, you know, um, you know, be inquisitive in this season. I think this is the season for all of us to learn in some capacity. Yeah. So, um, so you know, as a parent, if you drop the ball, there's grace. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> right, um, right. God has, God has placed you as a parent in that child's life that in such of a way that only you can make the deposits that he's called you to make. And so, um, so yeah, take it one day at a time. Definitely, definitely. I think um, I think one of the things that I'm learning now um, is just just exactly what you were saying is just take it day by day. Um, yeah. I think we can, you know, get so far uh, ahead of ourselves that we right. we can kind of look past the the small things that we're doing now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, you know, even having that strength and that resilience to, uh, like you said, pick up the ball and, and keep it moving. I think that um, shows, you know, like a huge and great magnitude of, of you know, um, strength and resilience to your, to your kids, right. you know. Yeah. So yeah. in that moment, you know, when they, when they see their parent, you know, you could have lost a job or, right. Um, right. you know, you just may not have had it all together, you know, in, in preparation for this, this, uh, Karen societal climate, you know, when you're still showing that strength and, and that faith and, you know, you're, you're being joyous in the day is showing them something different. Um, so I, I, I think that's, that's dope. Um, I know even, even for myself, um, even though I don't have a school age child, it's, it's still different because um, he's getting to this age now where, you know, we want them to be around kids and right, um, yeah, and, yeah. and to, to interact with with, um, with other kids' age, but it's hard because yeah. it's, you know yeah. we're we're skeptical. You know, where do we send them? Are they clean? You know, are right. they going to keep yeah. these that's kids? That's real. That are, that's real. You know, <laughs> so you know, and then and then I'm I'm working during the daytime, so it's like you know, how do I balance you know working right. and right. still pouring into him? Um, yeah. So definitely just just hearing you 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 say uh um you know mention just pick the ball up and just be gracious to yourself um yeah, you know, yeah it's definitely yeah. definitely encouraging for me as well yeah man um, I, I think that's a major piece man you know um like we need to extend a lot of grace to ourselves in this season you mm-hmm. know and just really like be patient with ourselves it, it, in many ways it's, it's, a, it's a form of self-care but i think it's just important man where like 
nobody's ever navigated through this season at all. And so it's going to reveal things. It's going to expose things. And so, um, but, the, but the awesome thing about God is, you know, he extends that grace to us for us to be able to get into alignment with him, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh, the scripture talks about in Romans, how it's the, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's his grace, it's his love that causes us to turn and realize, yeah. well, you know what? Like I shot the ball here, but I can get back up and I can keep right. this thing moving and I can start over again, you know? And so, um, so I think, man, that's a major point, man. It's just being able to extend grace to ourselves in this season, you know, like, like extending the grace to, like living in the grace that God is extending to us, like mm. live in that, you know, lean on that, live in it, um, absorb it. Um, you're not going to get it right every day. Like it's yeah. just not going to happen. There's going to be some days, especially in this season where you are going to be frustrated with your children. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. There's going to be some times, real talk, where they're going to be frustrated with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff. And so, um, I was talking to my oldest earlier. I was like, Hey man, you need to go clean up, dude. It's, it's, it's time to, uh, get ready to eat dinner. You keep telling me to clean up, you know, it's just all, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, so I think, man, like this season, dude, has just, I think it's worn everybody out to an extent. And so mm-hmm. like, man, we all need that grace in this season. So, yeah. um, yeah. So my encouragement is like, don't beat yourself up. Like, mm. decide. God's got you. Just keep it moving one day Yeah. My neighbor, uh, I was talking to him, to him today, and I asked him how was the, the virtual learning we're going. He has uh, his three kids, um, eight-year-old, eight, no, seven-year-old and two five-year-olds, uh, twin, yeah. twin boys. And yeah. he said, man, I wish I could take these car seats out the car, strap them down, and, and, and <laughs> just just keep them in one spot. I said, man, yeah, it's like yeah, that. yeah. He said, I, I wish I had some type of seatbelt or something, man, in the house. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, restraint. Yeah, restraint. I'm like, man, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here complaining about this two-year-old. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine. He's struggling real, brother. He's struggling real. He's <laughs> real these streets, man. He's real in these streets. <laughs> um, so yeah. what would you say has been the most uh, challenging uh, part uh, for you and your wife when it comes to um, parenting? during the pandemic? Oh, man. I think um, um, I think being intentional, especially being in the pandemic where everybody's at home every single day, so it's like a every day in some ways almost feels like a run-on sentence. Like it's just like mm. there's never a period to this thing. I like, like that. It never, it never stops. You know what I mean? Mm. So as a parent, it can definitely become exhausting and it mm. is exhausting. Um, because, you know, you're with them all day. Uh, you know, obviously we just kind of came out of summertime and now we're in school. And so, but you know, you're, you're around them all day, you're doing virtual learning, you know, this, that, and the third, um, and just all the complexities with that. In some ways it almost feels like it's more work now than it was prior to this moment. Um, only because like there's somewhat of a learning curve when it comes to all, you know, all these online platforms that you got to use. And, you know, it's right. everybody's trying to figure this thing out. Teachers are stressed out. They're trying to figure this out, you know? So, right. Um, so I think from a parenting perspective, it can become very exhausting, um, right. you know, because you go from the school piece and then, you know, all right, school's done. And so now like you're trying to, now you got to entertain them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and keep them <laughs> engaged, you know? So it's like, but you can't do the conventional things, quote unquote, that you used to do because, some things are still closed down. So, so it's just like, it feels like it just never ends. And so 
um, parenting, parenting in of itself is exhausting. Um, so now you couple that with the pandemic and it's just like times 10. So I think it's really important to find ways to um, be re-energized, being able to tap into things that give life, you know? So uh, whether that's working out consistently, my wife and I were just talking about, um, you know, just her workout pattern. And she was like, I don't really know if I'm going to work out in the morning because it's too early. She was like, I might have to try to figure out working out in the evening. And then five days goes by or whatever, and she ain't worked out in five days. So she was like, yeah, I don't think the afternoon evening is going to work. I'm going to do it in the morning. So, but, but it's like, that's an essential piece. So like, right. um, so, so even for us, it's like, okay, all right, you go work out in the morning. I'll take care of stuff in the morning so that way you can go work out. Um, so that way you can have your time to recharge, you know, and, and get renewed and get refreshed. And so all that to say, like in this exhausting season, parenting and stuff like that, you got to be able to find, I think, rhythms that really renew you, that refresh you, uh, that restore you um, from a parent perspective. And then, you know, it, it, for couples who are parenting, husbands and wives, you know, mothers and fathers, like you have to be really intentional with having time to yourself during this season, mm-hmm. um, especially. Uh, it's, it was important prior to this, but it's even more important now because things have been also, you know, been on lockdown, because things have been virtual um, and whatnot. And so like having to be intentional with, all right, we got to carve out time for ourselves, for us to be refreshed, not just individually, but also maritally as well as husband and wife. And so, yeah. uh, so I think this season just requires um, a lot of intentionality. Like you, mm-hmm. you got to be intentional. Like nothing's going to happen by accident. You, it has to happen by intentionality. Right. That's good. That's good. Um, and I, I think, I think that's that's probably one of the the, the biggest struggles I think for a lot of um, a lot of a lot of couples um, just trying to be intentional with you know keeping that intimate time right. with one another. You know, all yeah. day long. You know, you, yeah. you have your kids. Right. Um, you know, you get them ready for bed, and by that time, yeah. it's like you're, you're probably tired, tired, worn out. Right. You're, <laughs> you know you're worn out. Absolutely, you know, and so, you know, even like the rhythm in our house is seven thirty. Kids asleep. Um, y'all, y'all, y'all going to sleep at seven thirty. <laughs> During the summertime, you know, we had a little bit more grace. Let y'all stay up late, all that type of stuff. But we ain't gonna mess around and be doing the school thing, and then y'all staying up to nine, ten o'clock at night, and then turn right back around and be up at seven, six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. Talk about you know hey like what's for breakfast and let's right. get the started and and then if you you know with a rhythm like that um, if you're not intentional then what can happen is like I said every day just feels like a run on so by the time you put the jokers down to go to sleep you're exhausted like you said mm-hmm. man. Um, you want to sit down and just read a book watch TV you know or turn a text message and you fall asleep doing that just because you're so exhausted from the course of the day you know and so. Right. So you got to be intentional, man, with having time. And and I would even encourage parents to, you know, be be intentional with with um, with routine. You know, so have a set routine. Put put your kids to bed at a reasonable hour for their sake, but for them to get rest. But more importantly, for your sake, um, <laughs> so that way, you know, you can have time to yourself. Because if not, man, as much as they're a gift from God, these little gifts will take up all the space mm-hmm. and all the time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so. So we're vigilant, adamant about 7.30. Like, if one of these jokers comes out of the room at 8 o'clock at night after they've been put down in the bed at 7.30, it's like, 
what are you doing out your room? You know, it's like, <laughs> like you, you on my time now, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you're not going to sit up there and take up my time now. Like, I done gave you 12 hours, like, you know? And so um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like work, you know what I mean? You think about it like work. If you're at work all day long and then, you know, people from your job are calling you at 7 to 8 o'clock at night and your boss is calling you like, hey, I need you to do this. Like, wait a minute. I done gave you seven. <laughs> I done gave you eight. <laughs> all right, man. Look, I'll see you tomorrow. You know what I mean? And so right, like, right got to have them boundaries in the season so it's not man everything will run together um and and you will have a breakdown and so i think it's that intentionality man you know whether it's spending time together as husband and wife having time where you can get refreshed uh making sure that the kids they have a set routine and, and, and trying your best to stick to that routine i think all that kind of helps go a long way right right nah that's 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 good man i, I feel like um uh, a lot of parents might might feel an obligation. So I'm trying to figure out a way to say this because I don't want to sound crazy. But I feel like a lot of parents feel an obligation to give their kids all of their time. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I think it's yeah. important about what you just said is making sure that you set some time for yourself and be intentional right. about that. Because I mean, even even before we had a child, you know, I'm like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm married now. You know, so I'm sharing time. I'm like, babe, I just need a moment to just think to myself. Just, so yeah, now, even real, with the man. child, you know, that's it's, real. it's even more imperative. Um, that's so real, man. And, and you know, one of the things that you see constantly in the scripture is Jesus was always finding ways, the Bible says, to withdraw. So he would always get away. He would always be with God the Father. He would always be praying. You know, there was he always had these regular rhythms of solitude and, and getting away from the crowd getting away from the masses, getting away from those who were closest to him, Peter, James, John, the other disciples, you know what I mean? Like as much as, as cool as they were, as much as they did, as much as life that they shared together, Jesus understood like, yo, I can't be around y'all like all, all the time. Like he's hundred percent God, but hundred percent man. So like, I, I need a moment to, to be refreshed. Like I got to go to my prayer space and prayer closet with the father. So that way I can be able to be effective in fulfilling, feel the mission that mm. that God has called me to fulfill. And so such is the same now, you know, as a husband, as a father, as a mom, as a dad, as a parent, like we gotta have these moments where like I can just get away, you know, and just have a space where nobody has access to it. In, in the sense of like, this is uninterrupted time mm. that I can just get refreshed, you know? Mm. Uh, so you gotta guard that, you know, especially in this season, because. When you, especially with kids, man, because if not, I mean, these jokers, they, they, they will take over. <laughs> they will take over. They will take over. You know what I mean? And I, and I understand the tension. You know, I think any good parent who loves their kids, you want to give, you want to give so much of yourself to, to your kids. Right, right. But if you're making so many deposits and there's never any time for withdrawals, you will eventually become bankrupt. Mm. So, like, there has to That's be a good. constant you got to be in this rhythm of, okay, I'm giving out, but am I being poured into it? I'm giving out, I'm being poured in, I'm giving out, I'm being poured in, you know? So, uh, so I think it's so intentional, so important and critical, man, to have that intentional time to get refreshed. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I can definitely resonate with that, uh, that, that analogy you, you just used with the bank. That was, that was yeah. dope. That was dope. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and listen and pull that back up yeah. so I can quote it. Hey man, uh, look, use it. Use it. You got it. <laughs> um, so um before we before we close out, I wanted to touch a little bit on um 
as far as like um a lot of the the, the racial issues we've been we've been kind of experiencing as well um during this year so you know we have um politics and race we have um you know just racial tension in general right um, yeah the police brutality yeah um, the, the brianna taylor situation that just happened yeah yeah um, you know what um if if any um experiences have you had with your kids in in regards to uh those conversations on, on race yeah no man that's good um you know and i think it's a very it is a very tough line to walk um and and similar to the conversation that we had that we kind of talked about earlier just about um how we you know had conversations with our kids pertaining to COVID 19 and the coronavirus and how that impacted a lot of things um and we felt it was important to have a conversation with them to help disciple them and just help them navigate and process things as well um we kind of took the same approach man when it came to having these conversations about some of the racial inequities and injustices that we've kind of seen and uh so we actually sat our kids down man when thinking um when this was back in april i think when ahmaud aubrey um when, when news broke out about what happened to him mm-hmm. uh, we we sat on we sat all three of them down the, from the oldest to the youngest my three-year-old was in there too you know he may not have understood everything but but we just had that conversation where we kind of just shared with them what had happened um you know why that you know, what had happened um and how this has happened and, and unfortunately this has kind of been something that's been happening for you know for a long period of time and so we, we just told them about hey you know we live in this we live in a world that that uh that's, that's broken you know and mm-hmm. um there's a lot of bad things that sometimes happen in this world uh it doesn't mean that god isn't good and he doesn't love us but the reality is like you know things are things happen in this world that, that aren't always good and sometimes people will even mistreat you because of how you look and so um i remember we had that conversation with them when when everything happened with Ahmaud Aubrey, and uh, we even did kind of like a we did the walk um as well just so that way they could feel, you know, kind of feel some bit of a connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the George Floyd um, tragedy took place, uh, we had another conversation with them. And that one was a little bit more um, in depth than mm-hmm. the previous conversation. Um, I just kind of felt strong, like, hey, darling, we need to have a conversation with the kids, you know, just about this. So we sat them down and uh, we had a conversation and kind of reiterated some of the things that we shared before. And um, and I think we kind of shared a little bit more. And our, our daughter, our middle child, she, she, she asked, she said something that really kind of was like, whoa, this is, this is, this is heavy. Um, after I kind of mentioned like, you know, people are gonna mistreat you. Um, sometimes people will do bad things to you just even because of how you look. And sometimes people will even, you know, be, killed and mm. you know die because of how they look and some may kind of be like oh that's a little too much for them but i just personally believe you know there's a there's a way that we can communicate the reality of things that are going on in a way that they can understand but doesn't evoke fear and so in response to what i said my daughter was like so daddy you mean to tell me that somebody could somebody could kill us because of how we look mm. and when she said that it was like that thing just kind of was like a knife to the stomach. It was like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Like it just to see her process that, 
Um, right. And I told her, I was like, yes, princess, that, that could happen, you know? And so, um, wow. but once again, like, we weren't telling her that, telling them that to have them live in fear, but it was like, we wanted them to be aware. Um, right. Because even as kids, man, like, they can find themselves at school and kids say, oh, I don't want to play with you because of how you look, you know, because of how your hair looks. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I mean, we've had friends who are the same age as our kids, and they've had horror stories about how they sent their kids to school and, and uh, their kids came back from school with a story, um, was mm. picked on, was mistreated because of the color of their skin. So I don't think it's one of those things that we can afford to not make our children aware of. And the reality is, like, our kids are exposed to a whole lot of stuff. You know, I think if we can expose our kids to, you know, all types of movies and music and all these different types of things, like, we can give them the truth mm. and, and tell them the truth in an age-appropriate way. And so uh, we had those conversations with them and, and uh, helped them to understand things even from a biblical perspective and how even in the midst of all those tragedies that happen, um, God still calls us to love people. Uh, he calls us to stick up for people who get mistreated. And so we really use that right. as a teaching moment for them to help cultivate empathy for them, but then also to help cultivate like some responsibility, like, like, like Jesus is not okay with that. And so, we want to be a part of helping to do something about that and helping to fix that. Uh, we we want to do what Jesus wants us to do. And so, so yeah, man. So that was really kind of the approach, man, that we took um, when a lot of those things happened um, and whatnot. And so, um, just making them aware, man. You know, and mm-hmm. and yeah, helping them have a biblical perspective of that as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanna I wanna ask you a question to kind of segue into into what I was going to say. Did you have um, a similar conversation with with your parents as far as, you know, someone may not like me just because of the way I look, because of the way my hair is? Did did you have that conversation? Or do you recall having that conversation? I don't recall a specific conversation to that degree, but there was always conversations pertaining to um, the racial inequities, mm. the, you know, uh, the disparities that are present, um, people of color being treated, being treated, you know, differently and being mistreated at a at a much higher proportionate rate than, you know, people not of color. Um, and so that was kind of always, you know, you know, in, in some way, in shape and fashion, in conversations per se. Mm-hmm. So, in, in many ways, I think the conversation probably did happen. Um, it wasn't as direct as as we probably had a conversation that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I do remember plenty of times, you know, us having conversations about race and racial racial things, you know, um, and things of that nature. So, I think in many ways that really kind of you know, that helped me to kind of, as a young person, you know, mm-hmm. in middle school, especially in middle school, high school, I think that really kind of helped me to have some bit of an awareness of, okay, things on something not right, you know, and people are mm-hmm. mistreated. And so, um, so I think that, that helped to shape some things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was, what I was going to say was, uh, I think, um, you know, it, it could, be extremely hard for some parents who've never had that conversation with their parents, yeah. you know, yeah. to know what to yeah. say and how to navigate um, that, yeah. that conversation. I know for me, um, I don't, I don't ever recall, and it's not even a shot at my parents, but 
I don't ever recall having um, an in-depth conversation about race and about yeah. you know there might be some 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 uh, you know non-POCs who um, who just don't like me just because of the way I look, or they might have right. a stereotype and a bias or a prejudice about me yeah. just because of yeah. you know how I look. And um, I, I've never really experienced like any type of racism. You know, I may have been followed in a Chinese store, you know, trying to get some grease or something. But, yeah, yeah. you know, never like to the to the magnitude of, you know, something like being racially profiled as far as, yeah. you know, being thrown in handcuffs just because I fit the description yeah. of someone else. Um, yeah. And, and you know, now sometimes I, I think in the back of my mind, like, you know, I could be the one sitting on the side of the road in handcuffs sure. because I fit yeah. the you know, the the, uh, the description of someone or, um, you know, I could just be pulled over just because, you know, just right. because I'm Black. Yeah. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, when I have those thoughts, I immediately start thinking about my son. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, one day I'm going to have to have this conversation with him, right. you know, about right. how to engage police, yeah. Um, yeah. about how to conduct yourself. Um, and you know, it's it's almost like a catch twenty two. You know, it's definitely a good thing to have the conversation, but it's like, you know, why do we have to have that conversation? We shouldn't have to right. have that conversation. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what encouragement would you give to um, to parents who um, who've never had that conversation themselves and are now finding themselves in this position where, you know. They they have to teach their kids about race um, really quickly. I have a, a a friend of mine. She has three kids, um, and uh, she she was sharing this story on Facebook about how um, her kids were outside playing. I'm trying to make it really quickly and, and brief. So her kids were outside playing. Um, there was a car coming. The kids were in the street. Um, the smallest one is probably three at the time. So they're trying to get the smallest one out the tree and there's this uh, older Caucasian couple walking and they're just yelling at the kids, you know, berating them, you know, being really negative, calling them all types of names. And aren't you, you know, are you stupid? Are you dumb? And these are, wow. I want to say the, the oldest one is seven, maybe. Wow. And the next one might be five and then, you know, three-year-old. Um, no, that's my kid, man. That's my kid right, right. there. You know, so I, I just, yeah. I just couldn't imagine you know, for one, I would probably feel how she felt, you know, she followed him into her house, et cetera, and she gave him a piece of her mind, she went back home. I probably would feel the same way, but it's like, you know, to be that young, to experience that, you don't really know what's going on. You don't know right. why this person is, is is yelling at you or calling you all types of names, and it's just like, yeah. you know, what? why is all of that for, uh, or what is all of that for? So, um, so yeah, what, what encouragement, you know, would you would you give someone who, who has to have that conversation now has, has never had that conversation before? Yeah, I, I think one, I mean, there's no easy way to have a conversation like that. Um, not one bit. And so I think um, no matter how, uh, for me, I think no matter, no matter how you had a conversation, I think it's just important to have that conversation. Mm. Um, because I think that kind of begins the journey uh, not just awareness, um, but also it begins the journey of um, helping 
children to kind of realize like, okay, um, I need to be a part of seeing this dealt with. Mm. Um, and so, and I, I think it just also helps them to, to see things for what they are. Um, mm. I think the longer we go without giving them the truth, the more they are shaped by a false sense of reality. Mm. So I think the earlier we can have it, you may not get it right, but I think it's better than not having a conversation at all. Um, and I think, you know, every, everybody's, I think, situation is different. So, um, and, you know, obviously different, different children, um, I think maybe kind of require um, different ways to be able to have that conversation. And so I think each parent has to kind of decide, um, you know, when, when is kind of like the appropriate time. Um, but I think I just personally believe, I think the sooner you can have that conversation, I think the better. Um, because like I said, I think kids are much more astute than we realize. And they, I think they, they may not be able to understand the full picture, but they can see things in black and white in the sense of this is right, this is wrong. And yeah. so I think if we're able to help cultivate, um, that, especially around the conversation of racism, then, um, we can really begin to see some transformation, I think, take place in the, gener in the generation to come. And so, which is why for us, we were like, man, we want to have this conversation because then now this begins to lend to other conversations that we can have. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, yeah. So I think have that conversation. It might be awkward. It might be uncomfortable. Um, pray through it, you know, pray how you want to have that conversation. Um, but I think the sooner the better. That's just mm -hmm. from what I've seen um not just in with our children but with, with you know with other families as well it seems like the sooner we can kind of address this the better off it is and the easier it is to have that conversation the next time you know so i think if we would have probably tried to have a conversation centered around george floyd um prior to, without first having that conversation about ahmaud arbery i think that might have been very difficult for us to to talk about more so than them for, for them to receive it, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think by us having conversations prior to that moment, it just allowed us to be able to um, kind of flow better. And and uh, we were at a, you know, a, a better place as well. Because I think we got to also process things as parents as well. Like we, like we, before we can actually talk to them about it, like we got to process it ourselves and make mm -hmm. sure that we're in a healthy place because if we're not in a healthy place, then what's going to happen is we're going to reproduce not what we say, but we're going to reproduce who we are. Yeah. So if, if I'm not healthy and I haven't processed things, then now what's going to happen is I'm going to project that on my kids. Mm. Um, so one thing I will say is before you have a conversation with your children, it's important that you process it in yourself. Spend That's time good. in prayer. Spend That's time good. processing it. Spend time having conversations with other other people that that, you know, are as the Bible says, sober-minded, you know, um, they're thinking clearly, um, they have a biblical understanding of things. Process it yourself. Give yourself time and space to process it. And once you kind of get to that place where you're, you're in a healthy place to be able to, to, to share that and lead a conversation with them, then do it. Um, but I think you gotta, it has to start with us first. That's dope. That's dope. Let's end with this. Um, what's, what's one thing that you learned about yourself that you can impart to others during this whole societal climate yeah man oh man uh 
you know, I think there's there's so many lessons that have been, <laughs> I think, learned during the season. I think, man, the biggest thing is um, one, one thing that God has reminded me of over and over. This has really kind of been my life's word probably over the past, especially over the past six years since our church planted. It's just being faithful. It's just faithfulness, man. Um, trusting in the faithfulness of God and responding to his faithfulness with faithfulness on my part. And so um, just every day making a decision, I'm going to do my best in honoring God with what I have and with where I am. Um, even if the situation is not ideal, even if I don't have everything that I would like to have, I'm just going to be faithful with the situation I'm in. I'm going to be faithful with parenting my kids. I'm going to be faithful in my marriage. I'm going to be faithful with my job, you know, whatever it is that God has entrusted to me in this season, especially, I want to be faithful. And so that would be the thing that I would encourage everybody to kind of lean into in this season is uh, maximize what God has given you. Make the most of it. Um, because when it's all said and done, the, the words that you want to hear Jesus say when you're standing before him is well done, good and faithful service. Um, right, so I think right. that's what God blesses. That's what God honors. Like he honors faithfulness and he blesses faithfulness and stuff. And so um, even in this season, you know, you being faithful may not always yield to the results that you may kind of want. You know, it may not lead to instant satisfaction or instant gratification or instant results. But Galatians 6, 9 talks about um, not growing weary and doing good because if we don't give up, we'll reap that harvest. And so, um, so I think just in this season, like just continue to be faithful, like one day at a time. There's a scripture in Psalm 65, 11, I think. Um, and I read it just as I was kind of going through a Bible in the year devotional plan. And it said, you have crowned the year with your goodness. You have crowned the year with your goodness. Yes, and that scripture hit different this year for some reason. Like it, it was like, whoa. You've crowned this year with your goodness in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of racial inequities, in the midst of other challenges, uh, losing loved ones, deaths, you know, um, financial strains, whatever the case may be, like you have still crowned this year with your goodness. And we think about a crown, a crown is something that's around, you know, it's, it's round in nature essentially. And so if you think about it in a visual standpoint, it's like you have this circular, crown type image and in the middle of that is the year 2020 and the picture is that god has surrounded the whole entire year with his goodness with his grace with his mercy with his love and so being able to be reminded of that day in and day out i think that's what fuels the faithfulness because it's like okay god you've crowned this year with your goodness so i'm not gonna curse this year as mm. much as 2020 has been challenging you know, I've had to kind of repent, like, oh, my gosh, 2020 is, like, the worst year ever. Like, <laughs> yo, like, this is, can we just get to 2021? It's like, God's like, no, man, like, I created this year. Like, mm. say that I've made. Rejoice, be, be glad. And even if it's, even if it's not good, like, I've, like, it is good in the sense of, like, I made it, and I'm still in it. You know what I mean? And so um, I've crowned this year with my goodness. And so, um, and so I think that's the – that's the thing to hold on to. And so every day, part of my prayer right now is like a declaration, Lord, you have crowned this year with your goodness. You've crowned this year with your goodness. Like every day, like just trying to remind myself of that. So when temptations come to want to just throw in a towel, to want to just like give up, like, man, man, yo, all right, I'm done. You know, or, or, you know, when you see tragedies, like 
the racial inequities that we kind of see and just the frustration that can easily come with that. It's easy just to kind of just become very apathetic and very angry. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think when we remind ourselves of the scripture, crown this year with your goodness, great is your faithfulness. You know what I mean? Like just constantly reminding yourself of that. I think that begins to shape how we walk through this year. So, um, that would be the word that I would give. Like, just continue to be faithful and take it one day at a time. One day at a time. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. All right, guys. So, we're going to uh, pass around this virtual uh, offering basket. Um, we're going to give it a No, 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 man. That was, that was dope, man. That was dope. And, um, and, and, that's the truth. What that uh that, that scripture again you, you said in Psalms? What was that? Yeah, I think that's Psalm Psalm sixty five and eleven. Psalm um, sixty five and eleven. You crown the year with your goodness. Okay. Psalm yeah. sixty five and eleven. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. That's dope, man. Appreciate you for dropping in, brother. Yeah, man. Honored, man. Honored. Honored to do it. Honored to be a part. Um, like I said, love what God is doing. And uh, yep, that scripture is Psalm sixty-five, eleven. I had to make sure. Just make, <laughs> want to make sure my brain won't working working wrong. Um, Wait, aren't you a pastor? Nah, man. Nah, hey, man, look, look, look. <laughs> that's even that's even more why, why I wanted to check. Like, I, ain't, I ain't trying to be out here misquoting stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> want to make sure my stuff is tight. <laughs> so, nah, that's dope. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, man, definitely, dope. definitely. Again, man, we we appreciate you, man. Um, Trevor expresses his 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 gratitude, um, and and we just thank you, man. Um, really quickly before we close out, um, share uh, your 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 uh, social media handles, um, church yeah. church website, all of that. Yep, yep. Uh, church website is thebridgechurchva.com. Thebridgechurchva.com. Um, the church, our church Instagram and Facebook is uh, the Bridge Church VA. So that's the Instagram ha- handle for both, uh, or, or handle for both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I am on Facebook. Uh, if you just, you know, search Edwin Jones, I'm, I'm pretty much up there. And then on Instagram, uh, my handle is underscore Edwin Jones. So just my name uh, right after the underscore. So, uh, yeah, man. Dope, dope, dope. Again, we appreciate you, man. Um, Love you. We we Absolutely. love you guys. Uh, thank yeah. you for listening and tuning in. And we'll catch y'all all next time. Mm-hmm.